name in radio, Rhett Palmer, the mayor of the airwaves. He's former U.S. diplomat David Hunter. Former U.S. diplomat David Hunter, good morning. How are you, sir? Yeah, good morning, Rhett. Nice to be here. We also have my friend visiting from New Hampshire, live free or die. He is Gary Osler. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. All right, so... Uh, it's a foggy day here in Paradise, Vero Beach, Florida, where we're broadcasting from. The United Nations members take firm position against Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Let's expound on that. Yeah, that was actually a pretty exciting uh, development this week. Um, and, um, you know, the, the fact is that 141 countries voted, of the General Assembly, voted to condemn Russia's invasion of Ukraine as a violation of international law and, and violation of Ukraine's sovereignty and so forth. So that was a really uh, pretty impressive uh, uh, decision. Now, but will it be of any value? Well, it's, it is a value from a propaganda standpoint. Keep in mind that Putin has been saying over and over that uh, he is entitled to invade Ukraine. Ukraine isn't a country. It doesn't exist. And besides that, Ukraine is threatening Russia and, and so forth. So he's making that argument. In reality, he's trying to win allies to his side of the camp. Well, the fact is there were only seven countries that voted in favor of uh, sanctioning, I mean, in favor of, uh, of Russia. And mm -hmm. these were the most, uh, uh, you know, rundown uh, category of countries, North Korea, uh, Nicaragua, Syria, Belarus, of course, that's the, the next door neighbor that's basically, he's a puppet state of Russia, this Lukashenko. Uh, and... Um, and Mali, and Mali is the country that's been getting all this support from the Wagner Group, uh, which is Putin's uh, uh, military uh, private army. So it's not a surprise that some of those countries would vote uh, against this resolution condemning Russia. Mm -hmm. But uh, there were countries that were uh, what I call abstaining from the vote, uh, and they deserve some examination. Uh, keep in mind, 140 countries voted for, uh, but there were... Um, 32 countries that abstained from voting, meaning that they, they were trying to remain neutral. Yeah. Among those was India and China. Mm. Now, China, uh, I guess in a way we consider that a victory that China didn't join North Korea and uh, Belarus in, in, in blocking the vote altogether and condemning it. China claims it's neutral. Uh, and uh, that's important. And Iran actually also abstained, which means he's claiming he's neutral about this. He's not taking sides. That would be the argument for some of those that are in that center. Uh, Pakistan also abstained. Now, the point is Pakistan is, is trying to get support and help from Russia, uh, uh, especially oil. They're getting, uh, Pakistan and India are both getting oil from Russia, cheap oil. And therefore, they don't want to make Russia mad at them and have them cut off the oil. So yeah. that's one of the reasons why they abstained. They decided to sit on the bench 
you know, stay on the fence. Mm. Um, uh, South Africa abstained. Well, we talked about that last week, uh, that South Africa's uh, Ramaphosa is basically, uh, he got elected thanks to the Wagner Group's intervention in the elections there back in 2018. So uh, they're pro-Russia, but they're trying to pretend to be neutral. Uh, this is kind of an interesting dance that is going on with some of these countries. Um, for example, on the claim of neutrality, I want to mention this, uh, uh, a couple of countries voted uh, ag against Russia, condemning Russia, that have been, in my view, playing the fence and dancing and playing on both sides. That includes Hungary and Israel. Hungary, we know, with, with Orban as the, as the leader, he is basically a very pro-Putin uh, 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 quasi-dictatorial leader in Hungary. Uh, and uh, he has opposed sanctions against Russia. For that matter, so has Israel. We're going to talk quite a bit about that later on in the show today. Uh, what is Israel doing and why is it maintaining neutrality instead of supporting the U.S. and NATO and the West, who support Israel, by the way? Uh, why is Israel not supporting our guy, Ukraine, and instead claiming neutrality? Now, there's a good reason for it, and I'm going to explain that later. Uh, yeah, but that's just, pretty important. I know We give them a lot of dough, don't we? We give them a lot of dough, and we give them a lot of support. Uh, and therefore, uh, you know, there's the question, why isn't Israel supporting us in supporting Ukraine? Um, there's also uh, the UAE, which is supposedly a very friendly country. You know, Dubai, that's where a lot of Westerners go live and park themselves for, you know, investments and things like that. And uh, uh, Dubai also voted to condemn Russia, which is good. But in reality, what's going on in Dubai uh, is they're having flocks and flocks of Russians, especially rich Russians, flooding into Dubai after the war started. They're, they're on their private jets flying in like crazy, buying up condos and apartments, expensive million-dollar uh, places, by the way. Uh, and uh, in fact, the, the purchase of Russian property in Dubai has increased by 67% wow. in the in the first three months since the war started. Wow. 67% increase. Okay. And Dubai, like Israel, and like a lot of these other countries that are, that are now, quote, condemning Russia in the United Nations General Assembly, they have not imposed sanctions or criticized openly the invasion of Russia. So the point is you can't have it both ways, but they're trying to. They're trying to play both sides. Sure. That's what they're doing. Sure. And, and uh, I, I think that's a relevant point to raise regarding this, uh, uh, this UN vote. It's a good vote on paper, but some people are pretending that that vote is going to substitute for taking real action. Now, you do a lot of reading on the Internet. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> do you have, I mean, you're a graduate of uh, London School of Economics, right. highly educated. Uh, where else did you go to school? I forget. Uh, Emory University. Emory, okay. The Crummer School of uh, Finance. So what I want to know is, uh, Crummer School of what? Finance. Finance. Yeah. Did, did you stay in touch with some of the – did you make friends there, lifelong friends? Um, some. I mean, I, I, I'm in touch. Uh, okay. I, was, I went to the Crummer School a couple okay. of years what ago. What I'm getting at is I want to know, are you, cons are you just consulting <laughs> the Internet, which is I don't trust anymore, I, on either side, um, and are you c connecting with any people? I'd like to – I wish we had a uh, top, a real kick-butt, highly bright, genius businessman in here now. Uh, someone who's really knows what's going on. I mean, people that are investing in Dubai, why? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've got some major players. Uh, it's, there's, it's still a, 
a fraction of the people that have the kind of money, but there's a whole lot of people. That fraction is, is huge. I mean, we, what do we have? Do we, do we have, a, I don't even know, do we have a, mil, a million billionaires in America? I really don't know. Well, I'm going to talk about billionaires. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, maybe we should, maybe we should go. Because I want to know the perspective. You know, you follow the money, usually all this kind of works right, out and reveals itself. So Let's follow the money. That's a good idea. Let's follow the money and let's, let's go to the, to the. What's really the, going the on? The third you know? question here. Uh, Russian we'll Jewish right oligarch Victor uh, Veckelsberg, and we know my friend is doing that book now on oligarchs, which okay. I think is very apropos well, timing. Believe isn't me, it? I hope he's. Did you listen. and I did the interview together? He's going to no. Seamus. No, I okay. didn't. No, but he's going to enjoy this show. If I hope you get him to listen to this because we're going to yeah. talk about he's oligarchs. With a, he's with a conservative think tank up in Tallahassee. We're going to talk about the oligarchs a lot, and mm-hmm. and that's where you talk about following the money. Now, let's first of all. But I remember going to college and learning what oligarch meant. Explain to us what is your, or I can ask Siri. What is, in fact, an oligarch? Well, ask, ask Siri. Here? Yeah, ask Siri. Hey, Siri, what is an oligarch? A party is a conceptual form of power structure in which power rests with a small amount of quantitative weight. Yes. These people may not be distinguished by one or several characteristics, such as nobility, fame, wealth, education, corporate, religious, political, or military control. Throughout history, power structures considered to be oligarchies have often been viewed as tyrannical, relying on public obedience or repression to exist. Yeah, they are viewed as tyrannical. Why? I right, right. And, and, and the, the point is that nowadays a lot of the modern oligarchies are due to wealth, but also political power. If you look at Russia, Russia has an oligarch, a whole clan of oligarchs, a column clan of oligarchs, who surround Putin. Now, uh, I want to clarify, because we're going to talk about Vexelberg and uh, the, the lead-in for this section is Vexelberg had the U.S. Treasury raiding his properties here in the United States. Mm -hmm. This took place last week. Now, who is Victor Vexelberg, and why is the Treasury Department raiding him? He has been, since 2018, designated under the CATUSA. That's the uh, uh, law for uh, 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 sanctions law uh, for um, uh, his involvement in collaborating and helping Putin in the invasion of uh, Crimea. This is before this current Russian right. invasion, Vexelberg. Uh, Vexelberg, by the way, uh, is a uh, billionaire. Uh, he, um, he has a group called Renova, Renova uh, uh, Group, uh, which he um, formed basically by getting involved in the oil and gas trading and aluminum trading in Russia. Uh, he and a couple of other uh, uh, oligarchs uh, got involved in, in creating a, a, a company called TN, I think it's called TNPBP, uh, which uh, owned, due to thanks to monopolies and, and maneuvering inside uh, the Russian uh, criminal sphere in the early days of, of Russia's, uh, quote, independence after communism, uh, they amassed a huge amount of oil and gas uh, reserves, mm-hmm. and then they sold that for uh, like $40 billion dollars, uh, to uh, Gazprom, uh, which was run by Igor Sechin, which is one of Putin's closest allies. So all of these guys that were in that little group walked mm. away with tens of billions of dollars. It was divided, the, the $40 billion was divided between BP got some of it and these three guys got some of it. Victor Vexelberg was one of the three guys. So he became an instant billionaire, you know, with lots and lots of mm. money. And, and uh, uh, so Vexelberg has been involved in doing, um, uh, you know, business since then with all of his money, 
Uh, and one of his side ventures is his cousin, uh, Andrew Entrater. This gets complicated, so you have to focus on this. Mm-hmm. His, com- his, his, his cousin is Andrew Entrater, who is the son of Holocaust uh, uh, immigrants to the United States. Uh, at least the whole, I think one, a couple of them, the father made it to the United States as a Holocaust survivor, and he's the son. And he has created something called uh, Columbus Nova. Now, remember, Renova mm-hmm. is the name of the company that Vexelberg owns. And actually, Columbus Nova is also known as Renova U.S. Management. So it's basically, this, it's a subsidiary. Sure. That's what it is. He has, Intrader has a subsidiary here in the United States, but it's a U.S. registered subsidiary, and he is a U.S. citizen, okay? So he's, and now he's denying that he has any connection. They basically, after Victor got in trouble, he has been saying, well, they're not connected at all, and he's not my cousin, and, you know, but yes, they are, and it was on record that they were, uh, there's clear evidence from their business registration that they were a, a, a united company with Renova Management, U.S. Management as a subsidiary. Uh, well, anyway, so Andrich Entrater, on behalf of Vixel, Victor Vexelberg, his, his godfather, call him that, billionaire godfather, he has been investing in lots of strange things, including having contributed a quarter of a million dollars to the Trump inauguration fund. Okay, that was suddenly, and Victor Vexelberg himself attended the Trump inauguration ceremony, the parties, with his cousin Entrater. Oh. Okay. That's another aspect of this Russia connection with billionaires. But let me explain uh, another side of this. Both of them are Jewish. Uh, and, and I'm going to explain more about the Jewish-Israel connection because you ask, why doesn't Israel get off the fence? Why is Israel being neutral? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's the question that's going to circle around this whole I- issue. Um, it turns out that, that uh, Entrater was involved uh, in investing in a uh, startup defense company run by Benny Gatz, G-A-N-Z, Gantz. Benny uh, was former chief of staff of the Israeli Defense Forces. He was also the minister of defense of Israel, and he was recently, in 2021, the prime minister of Israel, Benny Gantz. Now, Benny Gantz was running a company called Fifth Dimension. Fourth Dimension? Fifth Dimension. Okay, Fifth Dimension turns out to be a Israeli cyber intelligence company, uh, which was working to uh, develop uh, uh, some sort of uh, intelligence gathering and analysis for civilian uh, law enforcement agencies. Entrater, mm-hmm. the Russian connected to Vexelberg, is buying major portion of the fifth dimension business. Now, is there something wrong with that, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. You, you agree? That seems, <laughs> that seems a little funny. And it turns out that, that uh, at the same time, Oh, and by the way, uh, besides Gantz, another member of Fifth Dimension, another one of the top managers of Fifth Dimension, was the former Mossad deputy director, Ram Ben Barak. So Mossad agent working for Fifth Dimension, Benny Gantz, the uh, minister of defense working for Fifth Dimension, and Mr. Entrater, who is the cousin of Vexelberg, buying into Israel's uh, defense industry. And another defense group, uh, that was notorious mm-hmm. for a time, NSO, yeah. uh, NSO, which was involved, we've talked about them before, NSO group developed a super way to hack uh, cell phones. Oh. And with that, they could do it without you actually even knowing that you'd been hacked, and they could download all your information on your phone, including your contact list, 
pictures and emails that you've sent and received. And the, the, the NSO group sold that information to the Saudi Arabians and others, and the Saudis used it to track down uh, this guy Khashoggi in order to identify where he was uh, and try to murder him. And did murder him. Yep. Okay? Right. So we, in fact, uh, uh, banned NSO. We sanctioned NSO, an Israeli uh, company. The U.S. government sanctioned NSO a few years ago. Okay? But NSO was going to get involved with this fifth dimension. And NSO is heavily connected again to the Mossad and their, some of their, uh, uh, their uh, members also work for a group called Black Cube. So what I'm trying to explain is that you've got this intelligence community, especially Israeli intelligence community, business going on, mm -hmm. and the Russians are deep in the middle of it. Yeah. That's what they're doing, and they're trying to get deep in the middle of it. So yeah. it's not just Israel. It's, it's what I call the Russian penetration of the Israeli intelligence system. Right, right. Okay? That's what's happening, okay? Uh, now, when I talk about Israel uh, you've, in Vexelberg, uh, you've got, uh, keep in mind, Israel is, a lot of its business and in investments in Israel is in high-tech sector. Uh, in fact, the, um, the biggest sector for investment in Israel is, from foreign investors, is cybersecurity. They had, last year, $6 billion of investment in cybersecurity. Um, and uh, that's foreign investment. In fact, they call it 21 the big bang year because Israelis with their cybersecurity uh, and other high-tech sectors, they were bringing their companies to the U.S. and listing them on U.S. stock, stock exchange. They're called IPOs, mm -hmm. initial, right. public, initial Public Offerings. Sure. And yeah. Israel had 23 companies listed as IPOs on the New York Stock Exchange. In one year. In one year. Oh. And often they were selling at higher than the original uh, 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 IPO estimates. They went, you know, they were, so they were being really raising huge amounts of money. That's U.S. money, U.S. investors investing in Israel. Now, I'd like to know, is that money going for good causes or is it going for helping uh, support Russia? Yeah. You understand right. what and I'm saying? With cyber knowledge. Yeah, with the, yes. with the cyber knowledge. Uh, and um, uh, what's, what is the reason why Israel has such a close connection to Russia? That's, that's one of the things you, you might ask if you're not a an expert in this field, you might say, you know, what's the connection there? Well, the reality is thousands and thousands of Russians have immigrated to Israel, oh. okay? You, you actually have uh, TV channels that are in Russian, in yeah. Israel. Yeah. Are you talking recent or are you historically? No, well, since, since the 1970s, you know, when, uh -huh. once, once the, it started opening up, yeah. people would migrate to Israel or the United States. Those mm -hmm. were popular destinations. Uh, a lot of people, in fact, the Israelis used to complain why are people coming to the United States? You should be coming to Israel. Uh, yeah. And the, the guys coming to the United States said, because it's safer and we make more money here in the United States. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, sure. which is understandable. But, but what I'm, I'm trying to explain is that Israel has become a, uh, a magnet for Russians. And especially recently, it's become a magnet for rich Russians, billionaires. Now, I'll explain why people that have billions of dollars want to go to Israel. Uh, one is because they can get Israeli citizenship if they have any Israeli, you know, genetic connection. They can get Israeli citizenship quickly. Uh, and under Israeli law, you are not taxed on any of your overseas income for the first 10 years that you live in Israel. Wow. 
So, why 10 years, though? Why I don't know why. They said 10 years. That's the rule. <laughs> so, so if you're a billionaire and you've got all this money and you might be taxed if you're living somewhere else, you can move to Israel and you're, you've got a tax haven for 10 years. Oh. Israel's point is, well, we'd like to have billionaires move here. Yeah. Yeah. But only for 10 years. <laughs> well, no, no. Tax exempt for 10 years. Right. right. Okay. But, but, yeah. but that's, the, that's the point. So, so clearly, there's a financial interest in, in doing that. There's also, now that Russia is no longer uh, a popular country, thanks to Putin, uh, the um, tendency is for uh, having a, a second uh, citizenship is a handy thing to do. You can pull out your Israeli passport and fly places that you can't get into or out of uh, with your Russian right, passport. Right. That's what's going on. Sure. And, and, and we've seen that. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, the Russian passport is the second most popular uh, I'm sorry, the Israeli passport is the second most popular passport for Russian oligarchs. That's, sure. that's, there you go. I mean, it's mm -hmm. right there in writing. Yep. Looks uh, a lot nicer when you're Israeli and, and Russian when you're traveling. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, uh, anyway, um, there's this, as I said, there's this troubling connection with Vexelberg. His properties, uh, you know, just to give you an idea, he was called uh, somewhat uh, tongue-in-cheek Russia's, or Putin's, American oligarch, Vexelberg was, probably because it was linked to Russia. Right. Okay. But he also owned lots of American property. In fact, what, we, what the U.S. Treasury rated, uh, this is, uh, uh, the Treasury has, has done a good job. Uh, what I'm, I'm suggesting is uh, they've rated his property. He owns um, uh, a, besides this 250-foot yacht that was seized in Spain, he owns a $14 million penthouse on Park Avenue, a $13 million house with 11 bathrooms and nine bedrooms at Duck Pond Lane in Southampton, New York, and four condos on Miami's Fisher Island. Uh, uh, three, two or three of the condos combined are valued at $42, $42 million. Okay, so this is, this is in the Treasury has now rated those. It's called Klepto Capture. That's a special team that's been assembled by the U.S. Treasury. It includes people from the U.S. Marshals, law, law, US Marshals the FBI, the Secret Service. So they're going around uh, and uh, organizing uh, SWAT, team, SWAT teams to raid and identify uh, assets in the United States or under U.S. Uh, control that these Russian oligarchs have. And so that's illegal because why? Well, it's, it's illegal because uh, uh, Vexelberg is under sanction. He's been oh, sanctioned okay. as of 2018. Okay, so okay. An individual. So he's, he, he's under sanctions and therefore doing business with Vexelberg is illegal. You're not allowed to do business with Vexelberg. So um, anyway, um, I think if you want to, we can take a break. Let's take a break. And then we'll come back and talk about the other Russian billionaires. We're going to take a break, and then we'll be back. I'm Red Palmer. We're talking with former uh, U.S. diplomat David Hunter, Gary Osler, who's a friend visiting from New Hampshire. Live for your die. I'm Red Palmer, the mayor of the airways. Who loves you, baby? Yeah. Okay, good. Hold on. Don't talk. Don't talk. And we're back. How you doing? We're talking with former U.S. diplomat David Hunter. Uh, and we're also talking with Gary Osler, who's a friend visiting from New Hampshire. Heading back to New Hampshire today from the beautiful warmth of this tropical sun. Uh, do you think you're going to go into instantaneous depression? <laughs> Probably. I'm, yeah, I'm already getting shaky. 
But I had a great week, though. The weather has been fabulous oh. this past week. Hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. He's gorgeous. Had, you've had a gorgeous, gorgeous week. Except today we have overcast, which I happen to love. I was thanking the Lord this morning on the way here for such a beautiful day. And uh, I kind of had to look up and said, well, really, I, I do like this kind of weather. Uh, you can find beauty in any day. But uh, we get so much sunshine in Florida that it's oh, nice yeah. to have a cloudy day once in a while. Yeah. Gives you respite. And also it's a great day, to, if, especially if it's raining, to stay in and clean out your closets or, or yeah. read a book. Or, or listen to the show. Or listen to the show, yes. Yeah. And don't forget, you can listen to the, uh, go to the podcast, Red Palmer. Uh, today's broadcast brought to you by Center for Advanced Eye Care in Vero Beach, Florida. People flying from around the world. Excellent eye surgeons, eye doctors, ophthalmology. And uh, also, today's broadcast is brought to you by Sweet Kiss Gelato, famous throughout the world. The number one ice cream voted in the United States of America. Poor family from... Uh, Hungry came here a few years ago, started it. Uh, we're doing okay, scraping by, and uh, the grandmother, the mother could not go back home to Hungary, could afford to go back to visit the uh, grandmother. The 37-year-old uh, daughter is now running the shop because they submitted to a uh, ice cream contest, won first place in the United States of America, got a $10,000 check, and they used that money to send mom back to be with the grandma. So it's quite a success story, and it's delicious gelato homemade, as you can attest to. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. People yeah, you're do. making me Pe- hungry right now. Yeah, they'll be open a little yeah. later. You can get some before we split town. Okay, so uh, we're talking well, with David Hunter. Continue, sir. Yeah, before, before we, we go back to the, uh, to the other oligarchs, uh, and, and that's important because I wanted the audience to understand today how the oligarchs are a literal uh, part of Putin's uh, war against the West. Uh, these oligarchs, they fly around in their private jets. They own Manhattan apartments and, and London uh, uh, houses and wealth all over the place in, in the south of Spain, you name it. Mm-hmm. But in reality, they are a tool of Russia and a tool of Putin in his war to try to overthrow uh, democracies. And as I mentioned, corruption is part of that. What now, I feel like we're in the worst of times. At least there was a delineation of good and bad or objectives. Even when we had Hitler here, the horrible man that he was, the horrible demon that he was. But now it seems that it's also, I mean, Putin doesn't come off like your typical Hitler. He's the gray man. He's the gray man. The gray man. man. It's very soft-spoken. You would think that he was doing good. George Bush Jr. said he looked into the eyes of Putin and I saw his soul. And he was fooled. George Bush was fooled. Can I ask you this? No, I, I like George Bush Sr. Yeah. Very much. And George Bush Jr., I've met. He has a great sense of humor. Right. And uh, uh, Jeb and I never really got along. Now, the father is brilliant because he had a great sense of humor. Every time we met and talked, I mean, he always right. made me giggle. That's just Her- instantly, Herbert- the guy's making you laugh. Herbert Walker. Herbert Walker. He just had a great sense of humor to me, which is a telltale sign of a greater intellect. Right. And his son has a sense of humor, too. The second one, not quite as much as his, though. When you look back at some of the videos... Do you? I mean, uh, you you say you come from a conservative family. Now, most of my per, most of my perception of my listeners are that you're a lefty. That's just the perception. Yeah, that's now, like you, Tyler you, says you, everybody's a lefty. No, forget about forget about Tyler. Tyler's an extremist. <laughs> but um, so when you're on the far far right I'm wing, everybody's my, a lefty. I'm get exactly. off my, uh, what was I going to say though? Okay. Uh, so I'm going to lose it. We all uh, right. Well, let's get know. back to this. No, 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 no. This is important. So we get George. I don't know what I was going to say. Uh, about well, yeah, looking back, you said you were a conservative. Yeah. Do you think that George, uh, George, uh, the second, George H., what's, who's George, the second George, one? Uh, George W. 
Do you think he was the sharpest knife in the draw? Um, Honestly. I think he was drafted by his family, uh, just like Jeb was later. Uh, He was drafted by his family to carry on this uh, tradition, uh, and he— Duty bound, did yeah. his job. Have you seen the artwork that he's done uh, and the books he's put out since he no, was president? No, well, I he he do, he depicts uh, yeah. uh, heroes from the wars. I mean, yeah. he takes in detail and does a fine job of this. I think it's his yeah. way of trying to compensate for the fact of all the people that were killed under his authority. You know, I wonder what these guys think when they're going to face a living God to find it one day. Uh, apparently, we went into. I mean, we had no business going into Iraq, as far as I'm concerned. Well, the, the was it vengeance for his father? I don't know. Was it blind actually, They found actually, no weapons of mass destruction. Actually, Bush himself is not to be blamed for that. The intelligence community is to be blamed for misdiagnosing what Saddam Hussein's actual capabilities and intent were. Of course, somebody manipulated him. Perhaps the vice president, who Cheney, who had never had much. No, use I for don't it. think it was. And look at the telltale. So look at the fruition of Cheney. I don't think look it was at even his daughter. Cheney. I think I, th- I think it was. The intelligence community, in this case, uh, yes, was, but as Truman would say, the buck stops here. Yeah, and if you if you look at uh, the the uh, w- another person was uh, Mr. Powell, General Powell, this, then uh, the Secretary of State, uh, and he was sitting there giving testimony about Saddam's weapons of mass destruction. Let me say something. I well, interviewed Mr. General Col- Colin Powell. He would not, that man, if that man would lie, I'll eat my hat. Well, he was lying only because he did not know he was lying. Right. He was lying. Exactly. George, George Tenet, the CIA director, yes. was sitting right behind him while he was giving his speech yeah. to the, uh, the United Nations. He gave a speech to the United he Nations. He was the puppet master, so to speak. He, George Tenet was, now, did Is that George, what you're saying? I'm, I'm saying George Tenet either. Was his intentions ill? George Tenet either knew that Saddam didn't have the weapons and was, Steering uh, with some neocons to push for a war uh, uh, in the Middle East. There was a theory of the neocons back in those days, Condoleezza Rice and some of the others, that uh, that this would be a domino that once uh, Iraq fell, then Iran would fall, and then uh, you, we could re- set up a new regime uh, in uh, the Middle East. That was part of mm. the, the theory. Mm. So anyway, it's possible that that was what Tenet was involved in, it's more likely that Tenet just had bad why intel. Do, why do we get politicians in office that really can't compare or, or pale in comparison to the intellect of some other people who knew that you're not going to convert? You can't go around the world thinking you're going to convert everybody into being, A, a Christian, or now uh, I think we should spread the love of Christ. That's my whole, that's not my whole gig in life. But uh, spreading the d- democracy, uh, they're not going to open their wings and let us in. Uh, and we had no business being in Iraq. No, the, I, 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 totally, I can understand. Can you understand why the left? I, I, understand, I understand more than ever. See, I watch the whole I damn thing. I understand what you're I saying. I understand why the left press acts like they do. You know why? Because yeah. you got some guys there, and they they think they think that the right is impervious, and so those who are in the middle right and the normal moms and dad get mad at the left press because of their extreme. But I can understand why the left press has gotten extreme. Now, now. I don't think we have a legitimate left press. I don't think we have a legitimate right press. I'm concerned that our, what is it called, the fourth estate? There's the yeah. fifth estate. Okay, Rhett, can I Whichever say something? Whichever estate it is, can I say it something? seems to have gone puff. Wait a minute. This is, gone. An, this is an interview. Let me say something. You got this wrong. You, you're, 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 nah. totally, you're totally you're wrong. Me. Yeah, I'm sorry about I'm this. I'm hopeful you're right. Yeah, you're, you're totally wrong about this. Uh, and, and, uh, Knock me off my pedestal. Well, you, you, you have climbed up a false pedestal okay. in thinking that the— uh, uh, that the uh, the world should be left alone 
and that these dictators like Vladimir Putin and General Xi, uh, the chairman of the Communist Party of China, that they should be left alone. Well, we can't. We can't rule Wait the a minute! World, don't don't interrupt me. Let me okay. finish what I'm saying because you've you've touched a nerve here. Good. Okay, you've touched a nerve. Good. When you make these kind of what I call pro-Putin, pro-Xi propaganda points, might as well be speaking for North Korea's dictator along the way. Ah. Okay, throw them all in there. Yeah. yeah, they have the right to be their own independent countries, and we should stay out of their affairs. That's what you're saying. No. That's I'm, what you just said. That's where you took it. I'm. <laughs> no, no, no. See, I'm. I agree with you, but I. I also understand. I was really trying to get to the fact that why the the the, the legitimate left press seems vitriolic when, in fact, they see that the right is seems to be impervious as to correct thinking, and uh, you know, just like the left press was against us going into Iraq. If we had lift, listened to the left press. There's hundreds of thousands of our boys and girls that would still be alive. Okay, they, they, let's leave Iraq out of it. Iraq is a complicated subject. It's we'll, a we'll, mess. We'll talk about Iraq sometime if you want as a complete uh, hour-long show. But we don't have time for that today. But we're obviously not making any... Do you think we're making any difference? Yeah, we are making a difference. In China people, yeah. or in Russia? Anyway, this is what, one of the things I want people to understand about Russia. Russia's our topic for today because of the United Nations General Assembly. Uh, Russia's our topic. And, and there was a guy, Vladimir Putin has a long uh, history of being a KGB thug. You mentioned George now You're Bush. adding thug on it, which sounds like an emotional response. But can you back that yeah, up without I emotion? Up. I can back it up by showing how he kills his political opponents. It seems that way. It, it's not just seeming that way. It's pretty clear. Uh, one of the guys that he killed was uh, Litvinenko. He was killed with polonium. I remember him. In London. Yeah, okay, in yes. 2006. And yeah. the only place Sat where... Sat in bed for a number of days before and, and, he died. And, yeah, it was terrible, terrible. And, and it was killed with a, a radiation weapon. Mm -hmm. uh, a drop went into his tea that killed him with radiation. Uh, and the polonium was only available through the Russian government and through the Russian military and Russian military labs. And no one else in the world No one else in the it? world had that. No, it's, not a, it's a specialized uh, uh, weapon. The, the Russians have developed, the KGB has developed all kinds of exotic poisons to try to kill people. Like mm -hmm. they, they tried to kill uh, this uh, uh, Alexei Navalny right. just uh, a, a few years ago, the political opponent that was now sitting in jail. Uh, so anyway, uh, Litvinenko knew that he had been poisoned uh, mm -hmm. and knew that the Russians had poisoned him. Mm -hmm. And the reason was because he was helping to reveal that Vladimir Putin had actually bombed in 1999 a Russian apartment building himself with the KGB's help to make it look like the Chechens were attacking Ugh. and in order to give Putin a boost because at that time he was only the prime minister, he wasn't the president, and he wanted to make Russia feel like they were under attack and that they would accept martial law and general commands and that way he could push himself into power. That's mm -hmm. how he organized his power. Now, Litvinenko was supporting the investigation of Putin and the KGB having been uh, involved in, in framing the Chechens to put themselves, Putin and others, in, back in power and, and justify a dictatorship. Right. And therefore, he wrote an uh, uh, obituary for himself which revealed uh, what he thought was going on. And this is just a few days before he died. And he said, this is to Putin. He says, you may be able, you may be able to force me to stay quiet, but this silence comes at a, at a price. Uh, you have now proved you are exactly the ruthless barbarian your harshest critics 
claimed you to be. Yeah. You have demonstrated you have no respect for human life, liberty, or other values of civilization. You do not deserve the trust of civilized people. That was essentially the obituary written by Litvinenko himself about wow. Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Okay, now think about that. You have uh, no, uh, you don't deserve the trust of civilized people. You're a ruthless barbarian. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that's who we're dealing with. And now we go back to uh, these uh, other oligarchs that are hanging around as part of Putin's uh, cadre of, of uh, cronies. Mm -hmm. uh, most of them got their money uh, by supporting Putin and by doing Putin's dirty work. Uh, in fact, uh, the deputy secretary of state uh, just recently uh, made a, a statement about this calling uh, Israel, warning Israel, you should no longer accept Russian dirty money. That's the term that she used uh, openly in warning Israel. And the reason is because dirty money is flowing into Israel uh, in, in, with all the billionaires that are obtaining Israeli citizenship. Right. Uh, I'll mention a few of them. Roman Abramovich. Roman Abramovich, uh, who uh, is uh, known, by the way, to be good friends with Jared Kushner and Ivanka Kushner. Uh, they, uh, they used to go sailing out on, on uh, Roman's uh, you know, half a billion dollar yacht, okay? He took citizenship in Israel in 2018 after the UK refused to give him continued green card status because of his involvement in uh, Putin and the uh, Ukraine activity and, and so forth. He owns uh, massive properties in Tel Aviv. He owns a, a big um, uh, uh, $30 million house uh, that he bought in 2015, and he owns a $65 million mansion in Tel Aviv suburbs and a uh, 58 million, a $65 million mansion in mm. Tel Aviv suburbs. That's not much compared to these uh, tele-evangelists. Well, I'm, I'm just saying now... Uh, I just thought I'd get my little dig in there. Now, now keep in mind, this is Roman Abramovich, Russian, very close to Putin, uh, also a big supporter of what's called the Chabad network. Mm. Uh, Chabad is a variety of, of uh, Judaism that is essentially created and supported by Vladimir Putin, okay? I'm going to talk a little more about Chabad uh, uh, as we get on, but there's some others that, that need to go into this first. Uh, also, um, you've got Mikhail Friedman and German Kahn. Those are the creators of the Alpha Bank. Alpha Bank has deep connections to Russian intelligence, uh, and, uh, uh, and they have both Israeli passports, okay? Um, uh, as I say, there was a warning about uh, Israel should, should not become the last haven for dirty money that's fueling Putin's war. That was mentioned by Under Secretary of State Victoria Newman uh, just recently, about the last week. Uh, another uh, oligarch, Russian oligarch with, with billionaire. When I say oligarch, all of these are billionaires. You know, they have, Yuri, Yuri Milner has seven, who I'm going to mention now, has seven billion dollars. Okay. How does uh, somebody go? How does somebody go from the ghetto to yeah. have seven billion? By corruption. It, it, it's corruption. It's not because they it, worked hard you for it. You, men you mentioned earlier on in the broadcast that you mentioned somebody, I forget who you said, somebody who had nothing and suddenly, or was this something I read this morning? I think it was you that said somebody had nothing and next thing you know he's a billionaire. It was really rapid. They seem to, they seem to hook a, well, a pipe, so to speak. This is an analogy. They seem to hook, finally get a pipe hooked up to this big vat 
and all of a sudden, maybe you're thinking of the guy that sold the cryptocurrency. That all of a sudden they're wondering where all his money came from. The cryptocurrency. Banksman. Yeah, yeah, Bankman. 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 Yeah. It's just, it's just. Well, a, it's well, a, oh yeah, what happened to him? Yeah. Yeah, but, but, his, but, but his, he lost mind. it all, right? Let's, That's the kid who lost it all, or no? I just wanted to mention him. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's go back. Him. Let's go back to, to Victor Vexelberg just to explain how people get rich in Russia. Vexelberg and, suddenly and two of his uh, of his cronies uh, who were uh, you know connected to each other. They managed to get control over at very cheap prices to Russian oil and gas assets. And suddenly, uh, after they had control of these things, hmm. uh, they ended yeah. But hold, up, hold on, how do you get control of those without having a lot of money to begin with? Um, well, actually, uh, in some cases, the Russian government or the KGB helps to finance. Take it over. Uh, I'm going to mention this with Yuri Milner. Yuri Milner, by the way, is is uh, uh, what you call the technology uh, billionaire of Russia. He invested early on uh, in uh, Facebook and Twitter, and he bought them. He became friends with with uh, uh, with uh, Mark Zuckerberger, and he became uh, a early investor in Facebook and Twitter and some of these other high-tech before they even went public, before the IPOs were given on them. And he brought in, as part of his, uh, uh, as part of Milner, brought in as part of his investment money from Russia, from the Russian intelligence service and, and other areas, as part of the investments in these American high-tech companies. Now, Milner, by the way, owns a $100 million mansion in Silicon Valley. A hundred hundred million dollar mansion. How can you possibly build a hundred million? (laughs) But I can remember when I was a boy, my mother used to read the Enquirer, and I remember it was a big shock. I was about fourteen or fifteen to find out that Paul McCartney was written had just built an enormous mansion for one hundred and ten thousand (laughs) dollars. Oh my! Who could spend one hundred and ten thousand dollars on a mansion? And now we're looking at a hundred million. I mean, this is this is, and then you've got these tele evangelists that are living in between six point five, uh, which is not that big. I have a friend of mine who had six point five million dollar mansion here, but you know, a ten million dollar mansion is very typical. What they don't, they pick on my my friend who doesn't even know he's my friend. He doesn't know that I'm his friend. That's the guy in Texas, Joel Osteen. Oh, but Joel okay. Osteen, as far as I know, and I want to look into this, doesn't get any money from the church. He that's the residuals on his books. You know, I have a friend of mine. She's a okay. New York Times bestselling author. She makes about $10 million a year. It's You make it's, a lot of dough if you sell high-selling books. You figure yeah. out, look, a million copies right. at a buck each. Yeah. Okay, and they sell for $37, $27. A buck each that's a million dollars. is a million dollars. So if you're getting five, five times a million, that's $5 million right there. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Plus, you've got residuals from your other books from your 35-year career coming in. All right, in. you got to get busy and start writing. <laughs> Your- Get my latest book. Red <laughs> yeah. Palmer tells all about the publishing all right, industry. But, but you mentioned about uh, you know people getting rich and Milner. That's not a bad idea, actually. Milner, Milner, for example, Yuri Milner, uh, uh, he actually had Vneshtorg Bank, which is a another KGB connected bank. Uh, uh, Andre Kostin uh, from the KGB was was the CEO of the bank. Vneshtorg Bank provided almost two hundred million dollars to Milner uh, for. Milner's purchasing of Twitter shares in 2011. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you're starting to see how did Milner suddenly become worth $7 billion? Because he had money coming from Russian KGB-owned banks giving him money to buy 
this. Now, that was smart investing, I'll tell you. They, they, you know, they figured out the Twitter, and this is, of course, the, you know, the claim of Milner. Oh, I was just lucky and smart. <laughs> okay, but he had, guess what? Intelligence money behind him that was being provided to him to, to uh, do this. Um, an, another, um, uh, another investor with uh, Milner that also had some money uh, in that Twitter business made himself $200 million overnight. Once that uh, Twitter went... My right, father went had a IPO. client worth $200 million back in 1958 as an attorney. That was an enormous amount of money back then. Yeah. It's still it's an strong. enormous amount of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I'll take it. Oy vey. I don't, but I don't want somebody else... I, I hate to say I shouldn't say that. I'm kidding around. I'll take it. That seems so yeah. ignoble to say something like that. Right. Forgive me. I don't want anybody else's money. Yeah. I know I was talking to you the other day about money. So I don't want anybody else's fame. Yeah. I don't want anybody else's grandchildren. I don't want anybody else's wife. I want my own stuff. Yeah. Well, anyway. And I want my, it, basically, my, I'd like to earn it if at all yeah. possible. Because when it's given to you, you certainly don't have the appreciation. Once in a yeah. while, you can get somebody of profound wisdom and intellect. I put intellect in the second space. Yeah. If you have wisdom, you might understand and have appreciation. It's just like yeah. some people have humility at 22, right. like a Billy Graham. Right. which is unusual, yeah. where they get that humility from. Yeah. It's taken me 69 years of living, and I don't right. have that humility yet. Well, when it's given to you by the KGB, it's not a gift. Right. So they're saying, yeah. here, Shvat, I want to tell you, uh, <laughs> comrade, I want to give you $200 million. You invest, or we'll give you 10% commission, right? Yeah. So you walk off with $20 million. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll but, do but it but you see, the, the, the point is, w- once they invest, they also want what you call the reverse technology flows and the influence. So... Do you think it's it's any coincidence, for example, that TikTok is now taking over America and TikTok is basically uh, a Chinese espionage? Yes, and we should be talking about today because they're they're going to make it, they're trying to make it illegal for anybody that works in any sort of offices, which is censorship. I'm not sure if legally that's the right thing to do with considering the First Amendment because they're saying that, you know, and as a little girl said on international TV and in the Internet, she said, if I want to give my information to the Chinese through TikTok, that's my business. If, if I and put frankly, a, if, I, if I put a bug in your office uh, and leave it here, uh, is that part of my freedom of speech to listen to you? No. Freedom of speech does not include espionage on other people. That's not freedom of speech. So forget about First Amendments. And if the Russians and Chinese take over, you won't have any First Amendments, Rhett. You'll have the chance to go to jail if you say the slightest thing that's critical of those dictators. Now, I just want to end up with one last thing about Well, I'm Israel. on your side there, bro. Yeah, I, I want to end up with one last thing. I don't uh, like the idea of anybody being muzzled, whether it's from even from the left or the right here in the USA. Yeah, okay. Uh, the, the last thing I want to mention is, is about Israel and why Israel's not supporting uh, us against Ukraine. Yeah, this is this is very uh, this troubling. Is it is troubling it is because troubling. you know we give these guys a lot of money. I am pro Israel, but I'm not pro this kind of Israel. What the heck is going on? They're trying to walk the edge. Well, the I just ex- I just explained to you about all these billionaires. All of them have Israeli citizenship. Mm-hmm. They come in and out. I didn't mention. Uh, oh, well, uh, do they hide their money there? I, is I that didn't, it? I didn't mention Lev Lviv. Uh, the, the Lev Lviv. Lev Lviv. Hey, that's all friend of mine. Lev Lviv. Lev Lviv. Right? He is. He is. Uh, Can he what, get a more Jewish sounding he name? Is, Lev. What, hey, Lev. He's what you call the uh, the Russian diamond king. Okay, yeah. and he is uh, a, an Israeli citizen mm-hmm. uh, from originally from Russia or the USSR. You know, they they try to mix this up. Some of these guys say, a "Oh, a lot I'm of not, diamond cutters live in Israel." Well, they migrated from, is, from, from G- Russia to Israel. 
Yeah. That's where, you know, the diamond cutting. But the, the Russians produce about $4 billion a year in rough diamonds. Now, Lev Lviv was involved working with Vladimir Putin back in early, about 2000, 2001, in breaking up the De Beers monopoly on diamond pricing. Oh, did they do yes, that? Yes, they broke up the De Beers monopoly. In, in Africa? With, with, not in Africa. Well, De Beers is based yeah. in South Africa. Yeah, but it was the global diamond monopoly. Yeah. And, and uh, before, all of the diamonds had to be shipped to London, to the London Diamond Exchange. And at that what about point, Antwerp? That was the diamond well, capital that was of the cutting. world. That was, that was cutting and, and sales. But originally, London was the center for pricing of diamonds. Oh. Uh, and all diamonds had to go there first for pricing. Uh, but what happened was uh, the um, uh, Lev Lviv uh, was uh, instrumental working with Putin mm. in breaking up that De Beers monopoly. Mm. And they started cutting diamonds in Russia. And then they started shipping diamonds to Israel and India for Cutting. And it just so happens Israel and India are two of the, quote, neutral countries mm, that don't want yes. to get involved in, sure. in, in going against Putin. Sure. Well, one of the reasons why is because they are reliant on this diamond industry mm. uh, and Russia's, Russia's uh, uh, diamond cutting. Um, now, interestingly, the, um, uh, the, the, the diamonds are um, being marketed after they get cut in Israel. Uh, or in India, they're being sold as Indian diamonds or Israeli diamonds, not as Russian diamonds. So they're they're finding a bypass around the sanctions. Mm -hmm. That's what right. they're doing. They're, it's a it's a way to bypass sanctions on a. That's by the way the second or the third or third or fourth largest foreign currency earning source for Russia. So we should be sanctioning really? Russian diamonds. We do sanction Russian diamonds in the United States. We do. Yeah. We do. Europe does not. Oh. Unfortunately, they just had a big debate on that last week. Oh. And, and Brussels, which, of course, benefits a lot, they argued, well, we don't want to boycott Russian diamonds. So they don't even boycott Ru diamonds coming from Russia. Uh -huh. Speaking of Lev Lviv and his Israeli connections, his son brought in uh, $80 million worth of diamonds in briefcases Can you imagine? to Israel. Can you imagine that? He was he his son and his and and Lev Levy's brother. That's a spit in the toilet. Lev Levy's brother. Frankly, it is to some of these. People. Eighty million dollars of diamonds. Eh, uh, loose diamonds in briefcases. Yep. Now my guess is that money was going for political contribution. That those diamonds were basically like bringing in cash, and they were going to be sprinkled in uh, to uh, uh, to the. Um, uh, the what's called the cut diamond industry. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Corruption is not a democracy's best friend. Mm. And Israel is in danger of losing its democracy. Israel is in danger of letting the Russians corrupt its political leadership. Yeah, mm. sure. And Benjamin Netanyahu is actually very good friends with Putin. Good friend of Putin's. Really? Yes, he is. He's been a friend of Putin's for a long time, and maybe thanks to the fact that he's getting his pockets full of diamonds. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So anyway, I, I just want to mention that we've got, you know, Israel is an ally. We like uh, and support Israel's right to independence and democracy. But keep in mind that every country is a victim of corruption, especially when you've got sophisticated uh, uh, criminals like Putin and his mafia, KGB mafia, going after you. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, uh, we need to be aware of that. We need to be aware of how dangerous Putin is. He's a cold-blooded murderer, uh, and, um, uh, and we are under threat from him. 
Next week, we'll talk about China because that's another big uh, topic with concern for Americans. But, but I think at least because this is the one-year anniversary of the Ukraine war, we need to keep supporting Ukraine. We need to keep that vicious uh, uh, criminal Putin from taking over more parts of our free-loving uh, uh, Western territory. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure he's very surprised that things didn't go smoothly for him. I, you know, I'm sure that he figured that taking over Ukraine was going to be easy and quick and uh, extensive. Uh, what, what is your feeling about what uh, might happen uh, regarding Ukraine and the future? Um, I think Ukraine is going to keep uh, fighting viciously against having their country stolen from them. Mm. Uh, the Ukrainians are tough and resilient. Uh, and as long as they keep getting weapons supplied from us, uh, there are countries that are saying, oh, it's costing too much or it's taking too long. That's wrong. That's wrong thinking. Uh, you know, we probably could have given more support uh, quicker, especially armed support. Uh, but Biden was trying to be careful and calibrating it so not to spark a, uh, a, a, an escalation into a war with NATO. So mm -hmm. I, I understand his, his reluctance to escalate too quickly. Yeah. Uh, and um, but in reality, uh, Putin is losing. Uh, the Ukrainians are fighting uh, uh, tooth and nail and um, and we should be giving them everything they need. We don't have American troops fighting in the in the combat. Right. Well, that's the key to the success of not it escalating beyond Ukraine. And or... and and it, that's right. It's very important that we're not, uh, you know, engaging ourselves. We don't have, uh, you know, boots on the ground in that battle. Uh, but we should help the Ukrainians in every way to drive out Russia. Uh, and that's my, my feeling that we're, we're, we're on the right path. It's going to take a while. Uh, you know, the hardships that we're enduring here are minimal. Uh, I was just uh, listening to a program about Czechoslovakia or Czech, Czech Republic, sorry. Mm -hmm. And the Czechs, of course, were under Russian domination for years and years. But some people in the Czech Republic are complaining because the government is now proposing it's going to cut back pensions for old people by like 30, 40 percent wow. because they're 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 running out of cash. But Czech is also spending lots of money helping Ukraine. And therefore, their argument is, well, you know, we should stop helping Ukraine and keep money going to our pensioners. Now, I understand that argument. You know, it's it's yeah. tough. You, you know, you you it, in our country, we are fortunately very blessed and rich. And, and we can afford... They always seem to eye other people's pensions. Look what happened in America, up here in Bethlehem Steel in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Guy goes in with his bana uh, bologna sandwich and his banana every, every day for 35 years, and then when he retires, he's told there's nothing in the pension. I tell you what, that where, where, where's the representation? Where are the congressmen? Where are the senators? They're all thieves. These guys should be taken out of their graves and hung. Right. What, are, what can we possibly do to them? I mean... Really, they, they raped and pillaged the people. My grandfather worked in the insurance industry. Six months before his retirement at age 60, guess what they did? They took away the pension in the company, sold the company out or something. Now, I, I was too young to understand. I mean, he died when I was like So you know, he lost his pension? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six months before he was yeah. really retired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. But, but you see, it's that's terrifying. Can well, you imagine right now? Well, you're not. You're, you're, yeah. you're you did okay financially. You were smart. You went to the London School of Economics. I don't I, know where you're at. I but I know saved. This. I saved part of what I earned. That's a big part of, yes, of what's called what good I financial did. planning. That's and I. Well, did that's the good. Same and thing. you know what? You know what? There's other people out there that are ignorant. That a lot of people 
can't make it a month without they live, what do you call it, check to check. check yeah, check yeah, I know. And I know. there's considerably a lot of those in Social Security. About 70%. Thank God for FDR. Yeah, well, that's right. No, 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 94% of Americans rely somewhat on their Social Security check. Yeah, but but, but I think there's... There, for their quality of life. Right, yeah. So so anyway, the the idea of... of, uh, of God bless FDR. Right, who was... By Listen, the, he's a Democrat. By I was going to say, where are you a going Democrat on this? And, I'm a Democrat, and, and baby. And some people would call him a socialist, and the whole concept of social security, socialist... And I'm one of the idiots right now. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Let's be truthful. Right now, yeah. pretend if FDR is president... There is no Social Security. We got this guy in office, not some dummy like we got in there now, a real gentleman, very successful, cultivated, and a great leader, truly a great leader, I believe. Yeah. And so he says he's going to start Social Security. I'd be right up there in the front lines going, oh, no, no, you got a communist in office, you got a, you got a socialist, because it is, it is social, it's Social Security. So there has to be a balance. Thank God for FDR, and I don't know how he got that through. Right. Uh, now, unlike you got that, you come through with an Obama who comes along and then wants to screw up and, and messed up. I mean, we right. went from paying $1,300 a month insurance to $2,300 yeah. under Obama. So that whole thing sucked. He was not another FDR, right. obviously. Yeah. But don't well, be naive. We're all going to be paying more and more and more for our health insurance in the future. Get used to it. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, well, uh, you know, I don't want to get off on domestic topics. I was spending twenty, how much? I was twenty three hundred dollars a month times ten is two thousand, uh, twenty three thousand, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty. So I was spending twenty seven, twenty eight thousand dollars a year for two people. I would, for health I would, insurance. if I if I really wanted to to start something inflammatory here, <laughs> I would I would suggest that your health insurance charges should be related to the condition of your body. And how healthy you are. Yeah, well, that good luck with sense. that, Bucko. So, so you want to know why? So people... You want to know? Hold on, hold on. Do you know the guy from the Monkees, the lead singer of the Monkees? What was his name? The lead singer of the Monkees. No, what, that makes huh? sir, Mickey Dolan. No, that was uh, the third player, uh, oh, uh, singer, the little guy. Yeah. Oh, Davy. Davy. Davy Jones. Davey Jones. Now I interviewed Davy Jones six months before he died. He was a little skinny guy like you. He's walking <laughs> his horse six months later and goes flat into the mud here in Florida, dead, heart attack. You don't know, just because I'm overweight, I got a friend. He weighs nearly 350 pounds, former sheriff of Indian River County. That guy's healthy. I don't know how he does it. And, you know, some people, it's, so fatness isn't a tell to just because I'm overweight. No, or I, wasn't, somebody's I did not say that. I did yeah, not say that. you were looking at me when you were talking. It ain't no hiding it. I can see there's a, an element of sensitivity. But just, and, and you see, that's, that's the, the point, though, because if people... Are smokers, for example? Oh my word! They are endangering themselves, but they are every, endangering our financial system. What they system. don't know is every cigarette, irreparable damage. There Everyone. Should, I sh- warned my mom for years. Yeah, there should be a tax. She smoked secretly until she was eighty. She died three months later. Yeah, okay, there, to the day, two the, months later, to August, should, September, should October, October, t- two months later. There should be a tax. And the doctor told me the, the, guy, the guy in town here, the famous Savane guy, said, the, "Every cigarette makes your bones more brittle." You know, and there's no reparation. Yeah. It, you don't it, get better. Remember you, when we were kids, well, you stop smoking within five years, your lungs clear out. Yeah. No, it's a well, bunch keep, of baloney. Keep in mind that, that that will engage in a high or expensive cost for medical care in later years. Yeah. Why? I don't smoke, and therefore I have to pay for somebody else's okay. uh, medical care. Okay. Same thing with these loans for college. 
I didn't couldn't get a loan. Why should I have to pay some other Jamokes loan because they can't repay? You repay the loan. I, I got a loan out with a small business association right here, right? Yeah. Okay, I owe them. Okay. Yeah. So anybody gonna pay that back for me? Yeah. What, so I can stay true. in business during COVID. That's right. If you're going to do uh, uh, college bailout loans and and how about bailing me out? I don't. Yeah. Ha- I don't have anything to be bailed out out anymore. No, so, I sold my so, house. I wiped so, out my debt. But so I think. I think. Uh, but you could send me the bail money. I think the the, the, Supreme, the Supreme Court with the conservative uh, uh, tilt of five votes conservative is going to reject that. I think that's what's going to happen. And I'm do not, you agree? I, of course, I agree. I think now, that's right. I don't ideal, think that we should be bailing on, out people. Hold on. Ideally, when it's first thought of, I go, oh, that's wonderful. My heart's with it. Yeah. I, I'd like to – I don't want to see people in bondage to – but it's it's not fair when I got some kid who says, I went and I was a taxi driver 12 hours a night so I could get through college. I didn't take out a loan. Now i got to feed my family. You want to take my tax money and pay these guys off? Now, the sad news is – they're not really taking that guy's money now. They already took his money. Yeah. The sad news is in the coffers, you, you, the three of us in this room and anybody listening to this doesn't have any idea how much money we have. It's a, When they can send out $1,200 checks to everybody, they could go on. A, when Obama, instead of giving that money to the, to the, to the banks, he could have sent a $40,000 check to every family in America. They would have gone on vacations. They would have bought homes. They would have bought cars. It would have stimulated the whole economy. It was one route it could have been taken instead of giving all that money to the banks. Personally, I'm glad he gave the money to the banks because I benefited. We won't go into details. I think you know my story. I do. I mean, an enormous, I get an enormous blessing from the banks being blessed. I got blessed. But really, if I have any conscience, uh, I would say that everybody deserved to have a a $40,000 blessing. That would have turned the whole economy around, would it not? All right. Well, I think you're listen, oversimplifying. I, but, I'm but, always oversimplifying. But, but, I'm, you know, I'm a You know, it's interesting that you throw that idea out. But, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. if we've got enough time, I don't know if we got enough time for one we more brief topic. Uh, oh, yeah, my other guy's calling in. I forgot. Yeah, what time is, what do we got? 1030. Another 10 minutes? Around 1030. By the way, he's a former New York Times, uh, well, he's still a New York Times bestselling author, and he had a, one of his motion, one of his books last time he was in town was made into a Disney motion picture. Yeah. Uh, with those guys that went out and retrieved yeah. the guys All from right. the sinking ship or whatever. But anyway, he's going to be calling in. Um, so I just want you to be. Uh, are you aware of me, Noah? You hear me, Noah? Okay. Let's go you. to the let's go to the the last topic on the show here. Here, the China. No, nope, nope, they're going to be calling you so you can give instruction on how to zoom in. Okay, let's go to the last topic here. Okay. Last topic is China offers peace plan for ending Russia's war with Ukraine. Now, uh, I know they were going to do this. I guess apparently, did they do this? On the first anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, China delivered a so-called peace plan claiming it has maintained neutrality in the dispute between Russia and Ukraine. China says it is in good position to broker peace talks. It argues that threats of nuclear war make this conflict too risky to continue. What do you think are China's intentions? Yeah, well, this this is an interesting one. Uh, you know, again, we talked earlier in the show about China and uh, uh, India claiming they were going to abstain from the vote uh, and that they are claiming to be, quote, neutral. Right. Uh, well, ironically, China is at the same time signing an unlimited partnership with Russia and conducting military exercises with Russia. So how can you be a neutral country? <laughs> how can you be a yeah. neutral country who's got an unlimited partnership with, with Vladimir Putin right. and is doing military exercises? Yeah, probably not the best uh, party to Probably not the best role. party to come up with a peace plan, <laughs> yes, right? right? But, on, you know, actually, uh, Zelensky rather cleverly 
uh, he has, has accepted China uh, in what I call a face-saving response. Instead of saying, what? You must be kidding. He mm -hmm. said, oh, no, we actually encourage China in its efforts to make peace. Because in reality, what China can do and has done is, even though it's, it's uh, aligning itself with Russia, it is not supplying arms to Russia. Right. Now, that's a big uh, red line, and Blinken and others have, have stated very clearly that if China starts supplying arms to Russia, that will invoke sanctions against China. Uh, right now, we are not sanctioning China. We're sanctioning Russia. But if China were to step over and start supplying arms, and they have enough that they could probably tilt uh, the, the weapons supply uh, sure. to this yeah. extent. I would, I would almost go so far as to say that if China started supplying Russia with weapons, Putin and Russia would become a proxy for China. Meaning what? A proxy war. Hey, what is a proxy? A proxy mean? war, meaning somebody who's filling in instead of. It's like uh, in the old okay. days. In the old days, if you were— so, uh, Russia, so China says, hey, we want you to incognito—we're going to be incognito we're gonna here. Be in, we're gonna be, You're going to go to war for us. So what we, what we would have if China starts supplying weapons to Russia is we, we're supplying Russia's weapons to Ukraine. They're supplying weapons to Russia. Mm, yeah. So we're basically fighting a war, yeah. a proxy war of Russia-Ukraine mm. with China on one side and the U.S. on the other. That's yeah. what that's what it would be. But aren't we already a proxy by no, all? No, we're okay. not a proxy. No? That's that's right. wrong. Right. Okay, right. we are not we are not fighting a proxy war. Ukraine is not a puppet that we're using to fight Russia. Ukraine is okay. a country fighting for its own independence. That's okay. what's totally misunderstood, and it's wrong to say that that Ukraine is a puppet of ours in a proxy war with Russia. That's what Russia. Well, saying. remember, my mother always brought me up saying, "Beware of the accuser." And if you'll notice throughout this whole thing, from the very start, Vladimir says, we're, going not, we're not going to invade Ukraine. They invade Ukraine. Right. Then he says that uh, it's all propaganda. This is, I mean, the guy has lied consistently. Oh. Just If you want to know what, what Vladimir is going to do next, watch what he accuses the other side of doing. And then he's about to do it. And if you want to see him lie, just watch his lips. <laughs> yeah. That's you know right. what amazes me? He yeah. was brought up uh, rather poor. He didn't have a lot of dough. Yeah. Proletariat gets into KGB, but he obviously isn't stupid. Oh no, he's yeah. not stupid. If you want, if you want to know sure. a good deal about uh, Vladimir and his life, let me, let me see. Uh, this is a, an excellent book. Uh, okay. It's called. Oh yeah, here it was. We saw it on screen. There it it's is. It's called uh, the Man. The Without Man a face. Without a Face: The Unlikely Rise of Vladimir Putin by yeah. Masha Gessen. Is yeah. she a, did she escape Russia? I presume? Uh, she's she's a, a journalist Dissident? who. She's oh, a no. journalist who worked inside Russia for years and years and uh, knows the country backwards and so forwards. So you've read it? I've read it. Uh, is almost, it new? Is that a new book? No, it's not. This is, uh, this is from 2014. Okay, what do you think of it? It's an excellent book. A very uh, hard uh, to follow for someone who's not a real inside Russia. You know, it's kind of like inside baseball. And everybody writes these books. I mean, I was picking up a book the other day, and there's a whole chapter dedicated to this guy who's the president now. Uh, what's his name of the United States? Uh, Biden. The, Biden. This guy is not a good guy. Okay, let's not but change like, subjects. No, no, but I want to know why. Everybody writes all this stuff, but and everybody gets entertained, I guess, by reading it, but nothing changes. Well, the, 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 there will be changes. You know, the, the, the time moves forward, and there will be changes. Did let's you know this? Did China. you want to know this, what I found out last night? Yeah. That Donald Trump, for a lot of black-skinned people, they would come up and ask him for money. He would loan them 100000 or maybe $200,000. They would start their businesses, and you know what happened? There's a check in there for you, George. 
Uh, this George is a distributor of our magazine, oh, Vero's okay. Voice. The newest issue is out. Okay. What was I just saying? What was right. story? No, we no, were, no. What was I just saying? You were talking about Donald Trump loaning black people money. Right. Do you know what they would do? When they came to pay back the loan, he would tear up, he would tear up the check they gave him. Yeah. Okay. And this well, is from a, another black man. Who knows of this and many people that he yeah. did this for? So okay. you know, I'll, you know, just I was thinking well, Donald, about you know, Donald all Trump. The Donald Trump at a at a certain stage, uh, not too long ago, before before he ran for office, he was so much in debt that he could not find a single bank to finance him. The only bank that would provide lending to Donald Trump was Deutsche Bank, a German bank. That was it. They all have okay. their ups and because so they all up take money, chances. Donald Trump, that yeah, would be yeah, no, pretty. No, don't be little. I'm what saying he did. that's stupid and careless to to tear no, up a check. Not, not, <laughs> well, then you're going to get I, a lot I'm, of black people that aren't going to like you now. No, I'm telling you, tell you, if you're tearing, and you know up, what? Don't ever say well, then, that you're a liberal and, you're, and, you, and you're, you don't have a heart. You have I, a dark heart. I, I am not a liberal. I never yeah. claimed to be a liberal. Okay, you're the one that seems accusing me. Yeah, no, I don't. Listen and say, is he a liberal? Is he not? Send me right now. We're going to take him. Yeah. So Text anyway, me right now. Is anyway, he a liberal? Is he not? 772-473-7777. Okay. The, the, uh, the, the, the last Oops. thing that I want to mention about China is, and, and this peace plan is that China did mention nuclear weapons must not be used and nuclear wars must not be fought. That's very important. Okay? And thank God for China saying that. I hope Putin is listening and Putin knows China won't back him if he supports nuclear war. That's good to hear that. It really is. Yeah. It's encouraging. Okay. I think we're finishing the show. No. No? Well, I don't know. It's 20 well, after. Oh, I doing? saw you. I thought you were giving me the seven-second countdown. No, do you know what this is? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Here's a question I prefer for this you that's, yeah. that's sort of related but a little off subject. Um, I know that China... Uh, right now, the leaders in China, they want to take over I want, uh, Taiwan because they feel ultimately that it's part of China. Do you think that what's happening in Ukraine is sends somewhat of a message of that taking over Taiwan is going to be more difficult than they had hoped or imagined uh, for their future? Absolutely. I think, I think it's very important uh, not only to preserve the freedom and democracy of an independent country. And I served in Ukraine and know the Ukrainian people. And uh, it is an independent country, and, and the, they're fabulous people. Um, but yes, if Russia can, as a big, powerful bully, can walk over another country and just snatch it up and throw it into the trash can of history, then what's to prevent China from doing that with Taiwan? Exactly. Same thing. Yeah. So, so uh, and, and the fact that the, the Ukrainians can defend themselves so well, I think the Taiwanese are quite capable of defending themselves, too. Mm -hmm. So uh, China is going to be asking themselves, one, how, how, how tough would it be to defeat China, Taiwan? And two, what would be the damage that would do to my international economic relations around the world? That's the key. Right. China needs international uh, trade. A uh, trillion dollars of Chinese trade goes to Europe and the United States. If China invades Taiwan, that trillion dollars is going to evaporate. Yeah. We're going to have trouble buying Chinese goods. We should accept that. That's going to be cut off, guys. So don't start buying Chinese. Look for American products to replace it. That's what I would suggest. That's good. I, I'm in favor that we, we've become far too dependent on single-source cheap supply, just like we used to buy when you were a young boy and I was. We, we used to buy these cheap Japanese Yes. Transistor radios. Japan. Remember, you remember? When things would break, we used to say, ah, oh, made in Japan. Made in Japan, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but the point was we became uh, dependent 
on the cheap uh, factory right. floor with cheap labor. Right. And uh, we need to start buying American again. That would be uh, – and, and start – Opening well, up there is this. a strong movement right now yeah. going in that direction. And, uh, you know, and getting back real quick, but one of the nice things is we were so dependent on oil that we were so dependent on the Middle East. And it's a nice feeling for me personally just that we're not, that we are more independent with our oil supplies because we used to have to kowtow to some of the things that they wanted us to do. And you know what kowtow means? Tell me what kowtow Uh-oh, means. Uh-oh, I don't know. Rhett, Rhett ask Siri <laughs> what kowtow means. Kowtow. Okay, hold on a second here. Hey, Siri, what does kowtow mean? Hold on. It's not responding well. Bless you! Oh, bless you. Excuse me. Anyway, kowtow is, is actually a form of a bow, like I think of... Hey, Siri, oh. what does kowtow mean? As a verb, kowtow means act in an excessively subservient manner. Do you want to hear the next one? Yes, kneel and touch the ground with the forehead and worship of submission... Chinese custom. Yes, see, that's it. Kneel it's with to a the K, ground. Not a C, by the Kneel way. on the ground and touch your forehead to the ground as a submission yes. uh, character. That's I will only kowtow to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Yeah, so, but you know, a lot of Personally. people don't know that. They've used the word, but they don't really know what it means. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, oh, words are wonderful. Yeah. They words are. are wonderful. I like they are. Learning about if we them. lived to be 500, what would you do with your life? I'd like to go back to college full time. Yeah. Well, you can still do that, Rhett. Yeah, but it doesn't mean I can live to 500. No, I know, but you would <laughs> probably – you'd feel like you're 500. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. I went back to college, and all the kids accepted me there last year. I know. And two semesters I was on the dean's list. Oh, I know. Pretty good I for know. a guy that never got an A in high school, and you're yeah. a former teacher. Yes, I am. You taught history. Yes, and it's interesting. You were on the dean's list, yeah. So I think that you should, um, I think that we should have a podcast, and I should interview him every uh, every week, maybe, or every day. Yeah. And we should have history. History information. Right. Uh, don't, do you find you have a penchant for learning history even more so as you get older? I No, no I've always had a penchant for right. history. Now, you, you have a, what kind of a computer do you have at home? A slow computer. Oh. Because you're too damn cheap. With all the work that you do on the computer, you know, really, well, you know what? You die tomorrow. Wouldn't you wish you had enjoyed? Spend a little of that loot you saved. No. And by the way, the next no. dinner's on you. You owe me a dinner. He took us out this Christmas and said, I'm going to take you out to dinner. We all met, but because there were other guests there, we all well, went the Dutch street. He brought, ex, you know, extra guests. So, yeah, so, so everybody went Dutch yeah, street. Dutch. <laughs> Actually, I'm very fond of the Dutch. <laughs> yeah, that great the idea about the that dining thing that yeah, they, they came well, up with. Well, you remember him, Benny? What's his name, Benny? Benny well, Hill. No. No, okay. No, Jack Benny. Benny. Oh, oh, Jack Benny. Jack Benny. Okay. Well, Rochester, it's time for us yeah. to say goodbye today. Thank you, David, for coming in. All right. Pleasure and, to be uh, here. Uh, thank you, Gary. You can stick around because yeah. we've got Mike Togus calling in. You can stay in if you want. Yeah, Mike no, Togus, no, I, uh, his, his last book was made into a major motion picture with Disney, which was oh, very wow. successful. Okay. And uh, he has a new book. He's going to be speaking in town here. Great. And that's, he's here to promote that. He's calling in from, uh, I think he's down in... Uh, and uh, where do all the rich folks live? Hope Sound? Hope Boca Sound? Raton. Hope Sound. <laughs> no, but those aren't the real rich folks. Oh. Fisher Island. How about that? Where Mr. Vexelberg owns his oh, yes. apartment. Fisher Mr. Island. Vexelberg is who? Victor Vexelberg. We talked about the him. Jewish the billionaire. Guy. The Jewish billionaire. Yeah, the Jewish billionaire. Yeah, he's actually Russian Jewish billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> Russian Jewish who, billionaire. Who, who claim he carried an American green card for a while. You know, so... Right. Uh, 
uh, and his 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 traitorous cousin in traitor. Traitorous. Traitorous. All right. Well, listen, it was fun. Okay. Enjoy. Yeah. Are we off? Yeah. Great nice talking to you. to you. Yeah. Listening to you. <laughs>